0: Welcome to the Big Three IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam.
1: What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Schramer, and we are back with another episode of the Big Three IDP Podcast. And joining me in StreamYard from his bunker several miles away, it's Addie. What's going on, Addy? Hunker down, Josh, hunker down. How has social distancing been going for you, Eddie? It's been great. It's been fine. And you've, it's, been, you know, you've been sick as a damn dog, though.
0: It's been a tough. It's been a tough three weeks. I caught the flu uh, or that's what they're saying. The flu. Who knows? You know, yeah. not like maybe got, maybe maybe Rona. Yeah, I didn't get tested for the Rona. So. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they're saying it's the flu that turned into a sinus infection. Um so, yeah, we're, we're looking at like three weeks of me being about as sick as I've, I've ever been. So I've been trying to just lay low. I've missed a little bit of work. Uh, I've missed, obviously, two two soads. That's been heartbreaking. That's been the worst thing of all this. I know. But, uh, I'm back. I'm feeling better than I have in a while. Let's just hope that it stays. Um, sure, it won't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll. If something else, some other horror will befall you. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, things looking up. Because the underrated part of this is that this is happening in the middle of sinus season in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so all the trees are starting to bloom. The weather is absolutely insane. It's 75 one day, 45 the next. So anyone that has any kind of sinus problems at all is just in utter hell right now. And so you combine that with, oh, we're coming out of flu season. Now you're in sinus season. Now there's coronavirus. Who the hell knows what's going on if you get sick right now?
0: Yeah, very paranoid. You know, any type of thing you're dealing with, you just automatically assume that you got it. And uh, yeah, it's it's scary right now.
1: Very it's scary. Gr- <laughs> great, great time to be alive. <laughs> Everyone's been like, you know, has the transition. And I'm like, look, I my wife and I both work from home. We just had a baby, so your boy has been self self isolating, quarantine, social distancing now for a good like month before this thing all went south. Yeah, so daddy's doing fine, but you know it is. Uh, we we've been getting out walking every day. I saw they just closed all the parks though in Bowling Green, so uh, we'll just have to be resigned to walking out in uh, in the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that act like this has really changed their lives. So it's like, no, we know that you're probably
0: staying home all the time anyway. And yeah, know, it's really not that different than normal life for,
1: for a lot of these folks. There's a great tweet. I saw it was like uh, refined in my home. Can't leave. I'd rather go to the same two or three buildings repeatedly for the rest of my life. Now that <laughs> is living. <laughs> it's like, wow, that really is what life gets down to when you think about it is just going to the same two or three places. Yeah, pretty much. So good times. But hey, at least we had the distraction of NFL free agency to keep us occupied last week. Seems like it's cooled off, although there's definitely some like notable big name free agents out there. Uh, But Addy, we got a lot to talk about. I hit some of the big juicy um, free agent. Uh, idp guys but we didn't i didn't really talk any offense i wanted to save that for when we're all able to get together so we're going to hit some of the juicy offensive guys that we haven't talked about yet as well as some of the notable idp guys especially the ones that have been developing here later in the week but addy let's start with the big news the earth shattering news the news heard round the world. The Cowboys extended Blake Jarwin. <laughs> and uh, we're all just wondering, what, what, where do we go from here? No, we're going to start with Tampa Bay, obviously, signing Tom Brady to a contract that was a little surprising to me. Seemed like, from what I'd heard on other podcasts, he was wanting to get about $30 million a year and accepted a deal that paid him about twenty-five. So, uh, no trade clause, two year deal worth about 25 a year. I think, uh, incentives gets him up to about 29. So you can opt out too, correct. Oh, I didn't see that part. I think I saw that
0: where it, it really, if he wants to leave after one year, he can. Um, but
1: yeah. So obviously it was down between a few teams, right? We knew the Pats were in it. Maybe not in it from the sound of things. Sounds like they didn't even offer him a contract, which is insane to me. And they also never heard from Tom. Yeah. So I think this was just both parties wanted a divorce. Mm -hmm. So at the time, though, it seemed like the Pats might be in it. And then you had the Chargers and the Bucks. And then it started trickling out that the Chargers thought they were out of the race and the Bucs were going to be the winner. And sure enough, he ends up signing in Tampa Bay. So the question I have that I don't really think anyone has answered yet, or at least I haven't heard it answered, is do you think this is an upgrade for the Bucs? Do you like Tom Brady more than Jameis Winston?
0: Yes, of course. Um, I think the people that are upset about it are probably upset in terms of fantasy. I don't know that it's going to help. Um, I don't know if it's going to help Godwin or Evans. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's Brady, you know, Jameis threw 30 interceptions. That's not going to happen with Brady. Um, you're probably looking at, I think we're looking at like a, a 35 touchdown 10 interception season for Brady and, and and maybe one of his best yardage seasons he's ever had. Um, I don't think Evans is going to be hurt as much as everyone's acting like he is on on Twitter, um, but I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Um, I think Godwin's probably the, definitely the safest. He, he's going to be a guy that'll probably still catch a hundred balls, um, but man, it, there's a lot. I mean, what do you do with that offense? How do you how do you defend that offense? There's so many weapons now, um, and and also potential potentially maybe getting Antonio Brown in there. I mean, I don't, do you think that that
1: could be a thing? I mean, the, the bucks have come out and said they don't intend to sign, um, a B, but Tom is like on this weird kick. I don't know. I think he's like, man, I got one game with a B and then the whole thing just went to hell. So maybe he's just like determined that this is going to happen, that this marriage is going to happen. I don't think it is. I think the bucks are like, look, we're good. AB is a ticking time bomb. We don't need that drama. So no. And I
0: did see, And another thing, Arians did used to coach AB, and I don't think he enjoyed that.
1: No, he knows the AB experience. He's seen it up close and personal. Yeah. So I don't. I don't blame him. Now, we'll say the thing. The argument I heard for Brady that I really liked was that you're looking at. The number of one score games that the Bucs lost last year and how many of those interceptions came late in those one score games. And so you look at if you just take away half of those interceptions, you know, give Jameis whatever he had 33 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, that's probably a team with a winning record that would have been pushing for the playoffs. Yeah. So I've said before, I don't think you have as high of a ceiling with Tom Brady just because he's 43 years old. I think he's more in the game manager mode of his career. But you also have a much, much safer floor with Tom Brady than you do with Jameis, where he can throw five interceptions and then you're just done. There's no way you're winning the game. Tom Brady's not going to do that.
0: Right. And do they still have, I haven't checked their draft pick situation. They still have a first round pick, right? I'll check on that. Why you vamp. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're still probably going to add a few more pieces. We know, we know that defense is, is on the rise. They've got Shaq Barrett. Uh, I expect Devin White to take another step forward. Levante David's still there. Um, JPP. JPP. That's a, That was a huge extension or, you know, re-signing. Um, They they probably need some help in the secondary and, you know, cornerbacks, safeties. That's that's a weakness for them. But I mean, they're not far off. I mean, if you look at just the roster on paper, they've got one of the best rosters in the league now, but they're also in a very tough division. You know, Uh, I think the I think the Falcons probably got better.
1: Um, Saints will be in that. Saints, Saints, of course. Saints are always competitive. I think the Panthers are in a full full blown rebuild. They're going to be competing for that number one overall pick. I think. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks have the 14th pick, so that's very nice. Yeah, that's
0: nice. So I mean, you could add they could, they really could add another you know receiver if they want to. Um, I imagine they'll probably look for offense, uh, offensive line. I would think. Yes. Cause that was an issue for him last year. So I think they want to probably shore up that line and protect Brady as best as they can.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I heard too was, and it's true. Jameis, while not a speedy guy made that offensive line look a lot better than it was.
0: It's true, man. There's a lot of times where like he, he, there was not a lot of things he could do and he, he'd get out of the pocket and he would make things happen. Sometimes it would result in an interception, but you know, it would
1: have been a sack for most other quarterbacks. That's right. At least he was trying to make something happen and mm-hmm. just threw to the wrong team, but Hey, he got LASIK now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an improved shoulder. I think he had something else that he had torn that's been fixed. So he's a, he's a new man. You've seen some of the uh, workouts he'd been doing. No, I
0: have not. <laughs> They're weird. They're very weird. He's been like crawling around on the ground and stuff. Um I don't know. I don't know why his team thought they should share some of that stuff. But uh, there's some weird workout videos with Jameis circulating around out there.
1: I've just been looking at all the pictures of him squinting at like the (laughs) scoreboard and stuff. And it's like, wow, how did the Bucks not know this? Like, uh, oh, I don't know, three or four years ago that maybe Jameis should get his eyes looked at. Yeah. You think that he he would at least uh, get an eye exam. Yeah. As part of like your physical, maybe. Yeah. Guess not. So where do we think Jameis ends up? I've heard some people throwing out Pittsburgh as a potential backup for Big Ben, maybe a replacement down the road. I like that. I don't really know if there's another landing spot that makes sense, honestly. I don't know
0: why the Chargers won't go get him. I don't I don't get that. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit there. I think Mike, you know, he's got Mike Williams who he, he could do his YOLO balls too. Uh Keenan Allen, I think, would still be very productive. Because we saw he's a similar player to Godwin, and uh, Godwin did great. You know, pretty much the number one wide receiver until he got hurt. Um, Eckler to check it down to got Hunter Henry. Uh, I mean, they're not. I don't. I don't get why they obviously must have plans to draft somebody. But you know, I think they could still compete potentially um, if they get a quarterback. And Winston's still good enough to where I think they could. Um, because they they've improved their defense. They really have. Their secondary is pretty good now. They they brought in Chris Harris. Uh going to be back. Um they had someone else. I'm blanking though. But anyway, they're uh that's where I'd like to see him go. Other than that, there's not really a lot of lot of spots for him, you know. Um maybe Las Vegas? Yeah, true.
1: Bring in you know. to compete with Carr. I mean, um I don't I don't know who their backup. I think it was Mike Glennon. And um, they run some, in Mariota. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they're out of the running then. So I think it's, oh, man, I don't know. He's going to go somewhere, right? I mean, Cam's going to go somewhere. Dalton's going to go somewhere. And Jameis is because these guys are not just going to be out of the league. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of where. I mean, if I was
0: Jameis and and the best I could get was like a uh, a backup gig, I don't think I'd sign. I think I would just wait because someone's going to get hurt. And, um, I'd go, I'd go, you know, whoever needed a quarterback, you know, uh,
1: after injuries and stuff. And then you have a lot more leverage. You can sign for a lot more money, right? You know, because you're coming in as the savior as opposed to just the backup. Yep. So, well, let's, uh, let's hit on some other news here. Obviously the Cardinals and Texans pretty much broke the internet on, um, on Monday, I think it was when this whole thing kind of kicked off, and oh but oh butchen's been down there just getting that checkbook out he gets the checkbook out, and he also kicks dudes out that he has any kind of beef with whatsoever, yeah. apparently DeAndre Hopkins, who was dealt. To the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson. And I think there were some picks exchanged. Apparently, Nuke won its uh, new contract. And uh, Bill O'Brien was like, You're acting like you're one of the best receivers in the league, <laughs> and you're not. So you need to go, and we're going to bring in David Johnson. So, this I've heard this called a few other places one of the worst trades if not in NFL history, at least in the past decade, what was your initial take when you saw the final trade terms? Uh, I mean, just, you know, SMDH pretty much.
0: He just nonstop. Um, I mean, it just, it's kind of, we, we expect it now at this point, you know, he, um, they need to get a GM. They need to
1: get a GM in there. That's, that's it, really the, the main takeaway from all this. He it's doesn't him, know what he's doing. It's him and that pastor Easterby. That's like uh, running the show down there. I I don't know what's going on. I feel like there's some weird like cult behind the back behind the scenes. Like, yeah, I don't know. And it it was just like it's just such a dumb trade to
0: make. And and the timing was stupid too because he makes it right before all these guys are going to be cap casualties like Gurley uh, and the other cuts that have come. You know, he could have they could have found a running back. It's trading for a
1: running back that had a huge salary like David Johnson wasn't something they needed to do. Um, and they could have just taken David Johnson and I would have made the Cardinals give me a pick. And instead they sent away their best player. So I, dumb. I don't understand it. Like you could have kept new Copkins and then, just gone and signed Gurley If you had just been patient, but Adam, you have to understand you have a chance to go get a third string running back who's making about you know north of 15 million dollars a year 20 million dollars a year you got to do it got to that's the missing piece yeah and if you can get rid of that loud mouth wide receiver who just wants more money Mm -hmm. hey that's a win that's a win all the way around multiple baby mamas Uh uh-huh that was crazy. What was that? Uh, was that Dion that had that? Michael Irvin was Michael Irvin. DeAndre ended up shutting
0: some of that stuff down, saying it wasn't really that big a deal, and you know he he kept it pretty classy there, saying that uh, he had respect for for Bob and um, the organization, and, and he enjoyed his time there. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how uh, how true all that stuff was. Irvin seems to be a bit of a
1: that is called a tweet crafted by Nukes Agent. Yeah. That yeah. I guarantee you that Nuke told him that stuff, and maybe Irvin exaggerated uh, a little bit, but uh, I don't think Irv's just throwing that out for the heck of it. I think there's probably some kernel of truth to what Nuke told him, because you could see it, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you know, if if DeAndre would have leaned into that and 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 been like,
1: "Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened," I think we're talking about Bob probably losing his job. Well, I mean. Do you think that's the case? I mean, we saw uh, Matt Patricia when Darius Slay left uh, getting traded to the Philadelphia Eagles to kind of jump over to defense here. He kind of burned the bridge on the way out of town saying that basically Matt Patricia question is manhood and. Um, said so he wasn't elite. Shouldn't it work? He was working yes. with Sherman and other uh, to Which, leap. By the way, Slay's better than all those guys. <laughs> FYI, uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, at this point, if this was like this past off season, but th- was it carry on Johnson that he chewed out for not knowing when Ford Field was created? Yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, that- I, I looked into that a little bit. It did seem like, you know, he had, he wanted these guys to know a lot of the facts they had. They had the uh, they had a lot of this stuff like written out for the guys on the wall. And they they expect these guys to learn that stuff. But uh,
1: Hey, Patricia, you you don't get points for knowing when your stadium was built, bud. Some of these coaches, it's like I heard it said very well, a lot of the Belichick disciples go to their teams and they think that they immediately command the respect of the room and they can act like jerks like Belichick does, but they haven't done anything to earn that kind of respect. They just think that it's given to them because they come from the Belichick coaching tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And there's a reason that the Belichick coaching tree for the most part has been one catastrophic failure after another with very few. I mean, O'Brien's had success in Houston. He's made the playoffs. We'll see what Brian Flores does down in Miami. And then you have Matt Patricia, who I think is probably going to get fired halfway through this season. If I had to guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Patricia and O'Brien both are from the Belichick coaching tree and they're both kind of the been the biggest two clowns of the uh the offseason as far as coaches go.
1: I just it ever since you brought it up that Patricia has that pencil with the laminated play card. Idiot. It's just Bud. Come on. <laughs> that's I, all I need to know right there. I, I get it that that's your brand, but dude, you're just kind of like someone pointed this out. Like he had the pencil in his ear at the combine to do his interviews. So think about this when he's packing his clothes and his laptop and his phone charger. He's got a pack of pencils that he's pulling a few out and putting in his suitcase to take to the combine. <laughs> like that's not normal behavior, like at all. No, no. But here we are. So other moves sort of associated with this one. The Cardinals gave the transition tag to Kenyon Drake, who's going to be the starter there now. I think we all said before this whole free agency period kicked up that we loved Kenyon Drake, especially if he came back to the Cardinals. So in my mind, this really locks him in as a top 15 running back this year, especially in PPR leagues. I could see him even finishing top 12. Yeah, I agree. He's
0: uh he's gonna be a great running back to have. Uh definitely someone you should target as your second running back. Um, and it'll probably outperform, you know, where you draft him. Just because he's gonna be the guy. Um and maybe even Chase Edmonds is is not a bad late dart to take, you know?
1: Handcuff. Injury yeah. handcuff. Injuries happen to running backs all the time. So yeah. I, I love that
0: offense though, man. Yes. Um
1: and in fact we've we've done some some uh
0: we've done some super flex Drafts here recently, and um, I've actually done another Josh. I didn't tell you about this. Adam, <laughs> you have another. a problem.
1: It's it's uh, Corona
0: quarantine time, baby. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> get healthy. Well, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so Kyler, um, I'm the one that keeps taking him, but I took him seventh overall. I don't blame this, you. This, that was after the Hopkins trade. Um, you know, I, I actually was able to get him in that other one that we're in. And I got him in the second round. Second round, yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think at this point, in my opinion, he's the quarterback three. I see a lot oh, of people yeah. talking about fading him and stuff. No, I'm not. I think he's gonna be this year's Lamar. And um I wouldn't be surprised if he if he finished one, honestly.
1: I think a lot of people tend to fade quarterback like that. That's like a kind of a Surger, like a riser in the quarterback ranks because they don't think he'll return value on where he's drafted. Yeah. A lot of folks are late round QB drafters, so they'd rather take a running back there. And that, but in a dynasty super flex, I could absolutely see that being the case. I do think he'll be overdrafted just because that's what happens with these top quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know that I'll be drafting him in like a redraft league necessarily, but um I think that. He has that number one QB upside for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, still the play for me in in, in redraft is gonna be to wait on quarterback. That's mm-hmm. always gonna be my play. Um, because I think you're gonna have to spend, you're right, probably a, a top four uh you know,
1: round pick on him. Yep, I'd say he goes in the first four rounds for sure. And I'd guess he probably sneaks into like the back of the third. Yeah, I think so too. Just because I think you're gonna see Lamar. Lamar or do you think Lamar's one right now or Mahomes in redraft?
0: I don't know, man. It's that's tough. Um, I'd still probably have to go with Mahomes just because um, I want to see it another year from Lamar. There's still that, there's still that injury risk, you know, with, with how much he runs, even though Mahomes got hurt last year. um, I just want to see it again. And and Mahomes, I, I think you just book it for, you know, 40 forty five passing touchdowns
1: yeah, I agree, I think that'd be mine as well
0: another uh, another thing about the Cardinals. I've noticed people are really um down on Christian Kirk right now, which I don't really understand um and that in that draft that i just, I'm doing right now, um Kirk went like in the twentieth round, wow, like free fall um i don't I don't understand that he's still only twenty three. You know, you got Fitz there, but how effective is he gonna be at his age? Um, I love Kirk. I think Kirk is is gonna be great with uh with someone else to take the attention away from him. I don't think that he's not a number one receiver, but he could probably
1: thrive as a number two. Yeah, he's a great number two. I put him on the trade block in our league just because I also happen to have Nuke Hopkins. So it yeah. was like just a bad landing spot for nuke in terms of my Christian Kirk shares. But if I was if I didn't have Nuke, I'd be trying to acquire uh, Kirk. It's like we talk about some offenses, you just want pieces yeah. of the offense and the Cardinals are going to be that offense this season. Yes. If definitely. everything and they could be we could be headed toward a Browns situation where we're pushing them too high because of on paper they look great. They're a great fantasy team. Uh, The offensive line is still absolute dog crap there. So they have got to go and address that in the draft now. Um, And if they do that, I still think I wouldn't be penciling them in for the playoffs. I think they'll be in the mix. I think um, eight and eight, nine and seven would be probably where I would peg them. But I, I do worry a little bit that. We've seen this story before and it may not go as well as we hope. But for fantasy purposes, they should still be a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm not really saying they're going to make the playoffs, um, but I think they're going to be one of the, the more fantasy friendly teams, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, a team like that, that they're not good, but they can, you know, you got two number one wide receivers out of them, you got a number one quarterback. Um, yeah, I think Drake is going to be a number one
1: running back. Um yeah, I, I, I love that team. Wheels up for the Cardinals. Now, and we gotta talk about this, and I'm sorry. I know you don't want to. I know you bought the jersey for your son Silas and it burned is really, it. Burned it. Did you? You had a burn mm-hmm. jersey burning. Sure. Could have invited the neighbors over, but that would have not been social distancing. So, That's right. so um Stephon Diggs and a seventh rounder traded to Buffalo for a twenty twenty first, fifth 6th and a 2021 fourth. So this, I know hurts your heart. It seemed like digs had been a bit of a malcontent and had wanted out of town for a while. And I think we kind of joked that he was going to land. I think I may have actually said that he was going to end up in a, you know, Buffalo, which is a good team, just like probably the number one city in the NFL that I wouldn't want to live in. That in like Jacksonville, probably, yeah, uh, or Oakland back in the day, um so Diggs now in Buffalo with Josh Allen, let's start with the implication for Diggs now in Buffalo. How do you feel in terms of compared to his previous situation in Minnesota, is this a arrow up, arrow down, neutral, how are you feeling um you know, I don't I don't think it's that
0: bad for his value. We just saw what John Brown did there and uh those guys have a similar skill set. And um Josh Allen's good at extending plays. You know, Diggs is is a top 5 route runner. Um and so, you know, if you have a guy that can if you have a quarterback that can extend plays, you know, um and someone that's aware like Diggs, that can that can equal a lot of fantasy points. Um I think it's going to be okay. I mean, if you look at if you look at Minnesota, the situation he's coming from, he only got like ninety three targets last year. Um, so he's going to get that. He's going to get more than that there in Buffalo. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's going to be you know, it's not going to be like fifteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. But I think it could be something similar to what we just saw. You know, like eleven hundred and seven and ninety catches. Um, that's about where I, what I would expect him to put up.
1: Yeah, they were having this debate on the Fantasy Footballers podcast, and Jason was coming down more on the side of he's still going to be top 12, top 15. Um, And the rebuttal that Mike gave was that John Brown, Cole Beasley, still there, still good players, not going to be kicked off the team because Diggs is there now. Diggs will be the target leader. More than likely, but the big thing they said was Kirk cousins was actually on deep passes more than 20 air yards. His adjusted completion percentage, like catchable balls, uh, was more than double what Josh Allen was. I think Josh Allen was like 24 and Kirk was around 48%. Um, as far as completion percentage on deep balls. So that was Mike's concern more of the target share is not going to be up at like a new Hopkins level, which is like 30 plus percent of targets. We know Josh Allen is not a good deep passer, at least right now. He could improve, uh, but they both agreed that, uh, you know, Diggs is going to be the number one option in Buffalo without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, what about Minnesota? What does it do? What does it do for Thielen? What does it do for Herb Smith?
1: Who's going to be that second receiver? Um, yeah, that's the question right now, because, you know, it's obviously a great situation that Thielen's in now as the clear cut number one. But things change if the Vikings go and sign a Robbie Anderson in free agency or if they go and draft a guy. This is a great wide receiver draft. We know that. So if they grab somebody in the first, second, even third round, it's probably going to be a guy that could come in and be a day one starter opposite Thielen. So I do think, though, obviously it's a huge arrow up situation for Thielen, for Irv Smith. Those guys are a lot more enticing now. They get a big time bump. I would be surprised if Thielen plays all 16 games and does not finish as a wide receiver one. I just think being the number one guy on that team, um, even with Dalvin cook there, you know, I still like Dalvin cook. He's the most valuable piece of that offense in my opinion, by far, but I still think that Thielen being the one on that team, if he's healthy and that's a big question mark. I mean, we saw, A lot of games last year where they really could have used Thielen. But, man, when he was back, he looked so good in that game. He took a little while. He was a little rusty. He Mm -hmm. had some stupid plays and some penalties. I think it was the playoff game against the – New Orleans. Yes, Saints, where he came back and looked great in the second half. Pretty much clinched the game for him. Yeah, so I like it. I think it's a big arrow-up situation for both guys. I think you could see Irv Smith now slide into, like, the – definitely he's in the, he's in the conversation as a top 12 tight end, which doesn't take much. I mean, yeah. I think Jason Winnish, Jason Witten finished as a top 12 tight end last right. year. So the bar is very, very low. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is that next generation of tight end is, is on the come up. And this is the season we're going to see guys like Sternberger, like Irv Smith, like John U start to creep into that tight end one conversation.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, just want to show you one little stat here. Um, I was looking at some splits with uh, where Diggs and Thielen both played together. And um, when they were both together, Thielen averaged 13.55 points per game. Um, when they weren't together, Thielen averaged 8.65 points per game. So he actually did worse without Diggs. Um, now, I know that's, you know <laughs> – there's probably other factors we're not taking into consideration there, but that's interesting. You wonder if um, Thielen really is a, a true number one wide receiver, uh, and is 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 he is he not really helped by having someone like Diggs to take the pressure off of him out there?
1: I think that's a big part of it. I think probably what you're seeing there is reflected in Thielen has the best coverage guy from the opposing team, so his numbers probably. Aren't what you would expect with Diggs out of the lineup. And I'd say that's also coaching. I'd say if Diggs is out of the lineup, they're probably. I would have loved to have seen Dalvin Cook's numbers in games without Diggs because I guarantee you they would have gone up yeah. uh, compared to games when Diggs was in. So, yeah. but you we'll know, see.
0: I, I'm not sure that this is going to be. I don't think they're going to run as much um, as they did last year, and and it's not because they don't want to run. I don't think they're going to be able to. I don't think they're as good as they were. Um, we'll see what they do in the draft. The draft's going to be huge. If they can get if they can get a, another receiver in there, uh, and the offense doesn't skip a beat, then that's fine. But I think they're going to be forced to pass more. Um, so I don't know. So so Thielen might be fine. I think you're right. I'm projecting them to be you know wide receiver. 12 to 15 and somewhere in that
1: range. Yeah, I agree. That's where I see him as well. So other news around the league here, and this is a bit of contract mismanagement, which we should bring up on the dig side. You have this in the doc and it's so true. One of the best contracts in the league for a top tier wide receiver.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. He's only making, uh, he's pretty much getting 12 million a year until 2023. Wow. That's nuts. So we heard a lot of conversation like, well, why is, why did uh, Minnesota get so much? And, and, uh, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, didn't well um, DeAndre Hopkins is, he's going to be 29. Diggs is still 25. Uh, He might be 26. 26. 26. Yeah. He's 26. Yeah. So he's 26 That's three years younger than Hopkins, but also uh, Hopkins is going to need a big time extension. He'll be probably making about twenty million per year, I would think. Um, And that that twelve million is just such a bargain, such a a good contract.
1: And now you got to hope he actually shows up and doesn't try to hold out or want a new deal. Now he's on a new team. I mean, we'll see. I I think that's one thing fantasy players are going to have to start taking more into consideration is unless a guy just got a new deal if he's had the same deal for a year or two, like I've heard whispers of Dalvin cook holding out for a new deal. Um, So I'm, I'm not putting it past any player at this point, especially if they get traded to a new team to start hearing some whispers coming out that maybe they want a new deal before they suit up. Not saying that digs is going to do that, but he obviously knows at this point he's vastly underpaid for the kind of wide receiver. He is.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: So around the league, we're talking about cat mismanagement. Uh, The Cowboys had to end up franchise tagging Dak Prescott. Now, the franchise tag, it's a nice payday. It's more than what Tom Brady is making. It's uh, $26.82 million per year. But they also gave Amari Cooper a five-year $100 million deal. Of course, last offseason, they gave Zeke that like five year, I think, $90 million deal. So I think it's funny that in how I would have prioritized signing these guys if I was Jerry Jones, that he did the exact opposite order of what a good GM would do. Quarterback first, number one wide receiver, second running back, the NFL's most replaceable position, third and of course he did it backwards. So, where do you see this going? Do you see the Cowboys getting a long-term deal done with Dak before the season starts? Yeah, I think so.
0: I mean, it makes sense. I think Dak proved last year um that he's worth it. I mean, he uh I don't know that I don't know that they're going to get a Super Bowl out of him. I don't know that he's that good. Um but also that team um I don't know that they have enough pieces around them, really. Uh, I mean, I like I like Cooper and I like Gallup, and obviously Zeke is you know one of the better running backs in the league. Um, But I don't know, man. They just uh, for whatever reason they just don't. They're just never able to get it done. It seems.
1: Maybe that was coaching. You know, you got Mike McCarthy, but then (laughs) I mean, Mike McCarthy might as well be uh, you know a Jason Garrett clone for how underachieving a lot of those Packers teams were under McCarthy. But I will say, who do, who do you think's a better quarterback in real life, Dak Prescott or Jimmy Garoppolo? Hmm,
0: that's tough. That's tough. I don't know, man. I mean, they're both kind of unproven. You know, they both still have some holes in their game. They're both we we think we know what we have in them, but there's still it's question marks on both of them. Um, I don't know. I I guess I'd probably rather have Dak.
1: Yeah, me too. I know that the 49ers got to the Super Bowl off of great coaching, great defense. defense. Yeah. So it's a little bit different situation. But I think if they can put a talented team around Dak, he is absolutely a guy that's capable of getting them to a Super Bowl. And then once you're there, it's one game. Can you win one game? And so I think it could happen. I don't know that the team around him, especially in the defensive side of the ball, is talented enough. Yeah, I mean that that Dallas defense is not even in the same league as San Francisco. No, no. so that's Great, that's linebackers. Yes,
0: they they did lose out. Uh, they lost Robert Quinn. No more Michael Bennett. Um, they yeah. lost Byron Jones. Byron Jones, that's a big loss.
1: Signed a bajillion dollar contract with the Dolphins, so yeah. they're I mean. out there spending some money. We'll get. We talked about. I talked about some of their moves. Sign, signing uh Kyle Van Noy. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, like a $50 million contract, something stupid. So they need to, he needs to thank Bill Belichick for that. For real. They need to think the, uh, just the Patriot connection. Cause I think the, didn't the lions sign Chandler Jones? Um, no, the Lions signed uh, somebody from the Patriots.
0: Uh, oh gosh. Um, yeah, but you're right. Both those guys have been just signing uh, Old Patriots.
1: Yes. It's like, thank you. I'm sure Bill's like, thank you for taking all oh, these guys. I don't want Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Three,
0: who,
1: who was it? I said, did I say somebody else? Chandler Jones. He's Chandler Jones. Arizona, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jamie Collins. I get those two confused. So let's look at another move here. Um, it's status quo. With the Cowboys obviously retaining their players, I think we can look at similar uh, production from those guys. Um, Blake Jarwin is the piece, though, with Jason Witten moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. That is interesting. Are you where are you looking at Jarwin? Is he a, an interesting little dart throw at tight end? Absolutely. Um, he's he's one of my favorite late round targets. In fact, he was someone
0: I just picked up in that in that uh, draft I was telling you about, and I got him. Got him probably in the 25th, 26th round. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he's good. He's a really good player. Um, you know, body body size and body type, he's in the mold of uh, like a Kelsey. You know, so he's uh, really good after the catch. Um, just a nice big target for Dak. I think he's going to do really well there. And Dak likes to look at – he likes to look in the middle of the field. You know, you remember Cole Beasley. He was always really good. And, and Jason Witten was always pretty productive. Um, so I think I really like that offense. You know, they uh, they really do have some nice pieces.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a we've talked about it before an axiom I learned from the fantasy footballers: follow the money. What's the team doing with its money? They let Jason Witten, uh, Cowboys legend, walk out the door, and gave Blake Jarwin a three-year, twenty-four million dollar extension. So clearly, yeah. this is a guy they believe in. Yep. so he's going to be involved. Uh, a fun signing. This is probably, I would say, one of the best landing spots that we could have picked for this player. Yes. The Saints sign Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, love that they have been looking for that number two wide receiver forever, and this is just such a perfect match. Yes, yeah, I love
0: Emmanuel Sanders. He is uh, he's going to do so well there. This is, I guess, his. Well, he he played that he played with Peyton, so this will be his best quarterback he's had since Peyton um, and and Breeze. You know, he doesn't have the arm strength really to carry a you know a a a big body receiver um you know like a deandre hopkins or a um you know that type
1: (laughs) old big body joe over there
0: (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I think i I think he's gonna do really well there man i I, that was that was probably my favorite
1: signing um of the offseason i agree it's like look at who the Saints have had as their number two wide receiver. It's been Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, uh the Keith Kirkwood. Yeah. Like they've it's just been an abyss there in terms of the number two wide receiver. And so you get one of the best second bananas in recent NFL memory. And Emmanuel Sanders, which, by the way, we should mention, if you haven't seen this already, NFL Game Pass is free right now. So go sign up. It's free through, I think, the end of May. And I was watching uh, you pick your favorite team, like when you get the Roku app. And I picked the Colts and it just started playing a game uh, as soon as I launched the app. And it was the Colts Broncos AFC Divisional Round Playoff Game in 2015. Mm, Cool. Uh, with some really interesting players. Emmanuel Sanders was still on the Broncos. Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas. Um, You had Boom Heron. Remember him? The running back for the Colts. I think he was like a three or four game wonder for us.
0: Um, Yeah, not ringing a bell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. I was looking at this like, uh, who are these guys? Uh, Kobe Flaner, Dwayne Allen, Hakeem Nix. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He was with the Colts for a bit, wasn't he? He was. Yep. So you had Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Reggie Wayne was still playing, Vic Ballard. Uh, Jack Doyle was in like his second or third year. The offensive line, my God, it was just a mismatch. Gostanzo was there. Muhort, who retired. I mean, it was just go back and watch some of these old games. I was watching some from Lux rookie year, and it is amazing. Some of these teams have like maybe three or four players left from just just five or six years ago. Like, it is wild how much these teams turn over, and we don't realize it because they don't turn over much year to year, but over about half a decade, yeah, team's probably 75% different.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. It's true. Um,
1: it's but, you know, another thing to keep in mind with
0: Sanders is, as good as he was last year, he was also coming off that Achilles. And so he's going to be, you know, a full year recovery from that Achilles now. Um, So, I mean, I'm not really sure what the ceiling is for him as far as fantasy points go. Um, I would imagine he's going to be a a back-end wide receiver, too, though.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I would want him as my wide receiver three. If you can have Sanders as, like, your first flex guy or your third wide receiver on your fantasy team – I love that. That's cool. And that's what it'll be. He'll
0: you. You're not going to have to spend. Uh, I don't think he's going to be going. You know, before the tenth round in redraft. So you you'll be able to. You'll be able to have him as your third or fourth wide receiver, and I love that.
1: Yeah, I don't think he'll be overdrafted. I think people will be worried about, wasn't he injured? Isn't he kind of old? That sort of stuff. So um, let's talk about another team. We mentioned the Cowboys are kind of running it back year two with, uh, well, year three or four now with Dak and Amari and Zeke. But the Tennessee Titans running it back year two with Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry. Uh, Tannehill gets a four-year $118 million deal. And Derrick Henry was franchise tag uh, and making him roughly about $10 million. So as you said, Addy, very LOL worthy that uh, Derrick Henry coming off one of the most dominant running back performances in NFL history is going to be making just a little bit more than Kenyon Drake.
0: Yeah, that, that tag is ridiculous. Um, but it's also, you're right, though, when we talked about Zeke earlier, that was the tag. Uh, should, they should have just tagged Zeke when he was, when he was due. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's hate that for Henry because uh, he deserves to make more than that. I mean, he you know, he he, he could have gotten 15 on the open market, I think, um, even though at this point, I think we know that it's a mistake doing that. There still is going to be a team out there that would have been willing to shell that
1: out. That's the thing. Derrick Henry deserves to make more. And the Titans would have been so stupid to give it to him. Yep. So it's a move that makes sense for the team, but you hate it for the player. Right. That's the economics of the NFL are still a little messed up in that regard. It's like running back contracts should be actually flipped where QBs on the rookie deal make far less than they're going to make if they're successful in their first three or four years. Running backs should actually make way more in their first three or four years than they'll make on their second or third contracts. Get these guys paid before their legs give out, you know, age 26, whatever. Yeah, definitely. So they should have got that in the CBA, but hey, they can smoke pot now. So yeah, hell yeah. That's a win. So what do you like? Do you think, obviously, and I don't say this as a Titans hater, I really do think that was a magical season. I do see a little bit of regression coming. I don't know if Tannehill turns back into a pumpkin and it's just like Miami Tannehill here. But what do you see with the Titans bringing back this, uh, this nucleus here of Tannehill and Derrick Henry?
0: I mean, I think you had to do it. You know, there you couldn't let both those guys walk. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. The uh, Are they still the, are they the best team in the division now that, uh, that the Texans have
1: lost DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I would say they are. They would be my favorites going into the season.
0: I mean, I'm with you. I, I think I agree. I, I would have probably projected for them to regress a little bit. But because
1: of what some of the other teams have done uh, or haven't done, I think they're probably still the favorite. Yeah, we know Jacksonville is going to be competing for that number one overall pick. Um, We know the Texans just took a step back. We'll talk about uh, the Colts and their moves here in just a sec. But uh, yeah, for me, it's the Titans right now because they showed with this nucleus in place what they were capable of. They were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So even if they regress a little bit, they should still be in the mix for the playoffs, especially since we're moving to seven playoff teams. Exactly, and they're a
0: young team. You know, they they're young. They got a young, uh, young offense and a young defense. Um, so, and maybe they're not done. I, I I saw something where could they be in play for
1: Clowney? Mm, that would be fun. Do they have the cap space? I think they do. After signing Tannehill and giving Henry the franchise tag. They've, they've made a few cuts, um, but I, they did. I, don't know. I haven't. Uh, they got rid of Jarell Casey, traded him for true. a seventh round pick to the Broncos.
0: That was so, kind of that was odd. That was really odd because he was, you know, he's still a, a top player in the league.
1: They couldn't get more than a seventh round pick. I guess it was the contract situation, but still, Definitely. that was just that was a pure salary dump.
0: Yeah, you could have found another team, I think, willing to give more.
1: Yeah, very surprising. So they are clearing some space. They get rid of Delaney Walker. uh, They cut Dion Lewis. They shipped Real Casey off for a seven. So they are clearing the books a little bit. So, man, that'd be fun to see them. I don't want Clowney back in our division, but, um, you know, it's just a fan of good football and uh, smart moves. It sounds like Clowney is not going to get the money that he was expecting. I think there was, I even threw it out on previous episodes. I thought he would get somewhere in the neighborhood of like a five year, hundred million dollar deal. Sounds like that's not going to be what he is going to get. My guess right now is that Clowney probably goes back to the Seahawks. Just if I had to guess, I think that would peg them as the favorite. I haven't really heard any other landing spots besides the giants, but that was early on in the process. I don't know. Have you heard any other teams floated for Clowney here in the past few days? Not really. And I, I thought I remember hearing the Seahawks were trying
0: to work towards a deal. Um, but, I heard that as well. But that was three days ago, and I haven't heard anything since. So um, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there with that. I figured he would have already been signed by now.
1: Uh, the GMs listened to the episode with Mike Wallert. They said, Hey, are you really going to pay, you know, $20 million a year for a guy that's never had double digit sacks? And I'm like, Oh damn, Mike's right. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Get, get Mike a GM job. What are we waiting for NFL? Yep, Good brain that, that Mike W. I actually looked, it's funny. There's like, um, sometimes you can go on Twitter and find usernames. Uh, people have that they haven't used in years. And I was like, Oh, let me see if green dot Mike is available and there's some weird dude, like a middle-aged white guy in like a business suit that is using the green dot Mike handle. And we need to get this dude's handle away from him because obviously Mike Wallert has much more of a claim to fame when it comes to green dot Mike than this dude. Yeah, that's,
0: that really is, is Mike's brand. So, uh, you know, we maybe we should start up a fundraiser to uh, try and buy that handle for that from that guy.
1: I agree. I'm looking it up right now just because it's very curious to me. So we're going to put this guy on blast here on the pod. Mike Brinker, Mike, buddy, you got like a, a little sailboat in your little background photo here. He's a consultant at uh, Deloitte and he only has 37, actually 3,800 followers. So Mike's got him beat on the follower count. I think that means he gets the handle. I'm sorry.
0: That's pretty solid though. So he's he's not a he's not a nobody. He's not I mean, a scrub. What's his ratio looking like? He's only following three
1: hundred and thirty. So he's looking wow. good. Hmm. All right, Mike. Do you? But why the hell are you green dot, Mike? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, get back to us, uh, Mister Brinker. What Brink, is that? It? Yeah, Mike Brinker. Let's see if Mike Brinker is available. What if Mike Wallart has Mike Brinker and they're just in some <laughs> sort of cold war that we don't even know about? Let's yeah, see if Mike the move. Maybe that is the move to snatch up Mike Brinker. Yeah. Uh no, Mike Brinker is uh taken, but it's by it looks like a bot. So that's a shame. So we need to we what we need to do is get Mike Brinker his own handle and then get Green Doc, Green Dot Mike f- uh freed up for Mike Wallert. So I digress. Um let's hit some some Browns uh moves here, Addy. What do we got coming up for uh Cleveland? It looks like uh, three moves here they made.
0: All right, oh, four, so, four moves. Yeah, they they've been active. Um so yeah, Ryan Hooper, he signed a 4-year, 40 million dollar deal which, uh, uh I think you I mean Austin, was, Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper. Yeah, I have actually Ryan Hooper in the dock though. So
1: <laughs> Good old <Whatever>. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them Hooper um, boys.
0: Yeah, um so that that's a that's a bargain. I was surprised to see him uh only make only get that much. I thought he would have been, you know, more in the You know, $50 million range. Um, I love that signing. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's going to be good for his fantasy value, but it's a, it's a great signing for the Browns just to have another option for Baker.
1: I think it means, uh, you think this means end of the road for Njoku? I don't know. You know, uh,
0: Stefanski, he, he enjoys using two tight end sets. So, um, Maybe so. I'd, I'd I'd say probably Njoku will be on the trade block, and th- they'll be li- willing to listen to offers. But you know, I, I don't think having two really good tight ends is the worst thing. You know,
1: it's funny. The um, second highest paid tight end in the league is now Austin Hooper, behind only Hunter Henry. Yeah the uh, the tight ends still
0: a uh, you know still still pretty. Uh, not getting really what they deserve,
1: I don't think. The fourth highest paid tight end. And you'll appreciate this, Kyle Rudolph. Wow, just making about three hundred thousand less than Travis Kelsey. Good lord! I know Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton uh, taking up sixteen million combined of the Bears cap. So there's that. Great job, Bears.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing.
1: No, that was a real head scratcher. So they got Ryan Hooper. Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper's brother. What else did they do? Signed, uh, J, uh, Jack Conklin three years,
0: $42 million. Um, and that was someone that Wollert was, was really interested in and wanted.
1: The re- why the Titans did not pick up his fifth year option is just beyond me. I think they, did they push the wrong button on Madden? Did they mean to push yes? And they accidentally pushed no, like, how did this happen? Yeah, I don't know what
0: they're doing there. That was uh, probably one of the best offensive linemen available. Maybe the best.
1: I think it was um, the best, yeah.
0: So, yeah, good on the Browns again. Just continuing to build around Baker, sure up that line. That was the issue last year. Um, hope we see a different Cleveland, you know, in, in 2020. I think that we may see the Cleveland we thought we were going to see in 2019.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> a year late. Yeah, and that so, that
0: happens a lot. Sometimes you're just, a, you know a year early on teams or, or they just, you know, it takes a little bit to gel. And, um, you got to remember, like there wasn't really, uh, a lot of chemistry between Beckham and, and, uh, Baker because Beckham was hurt.
1: He didn't do season. anything training camp or preseason, did he? No. Right.
0: And they still have their draft, uh, their draft picks. So you could still see them continue to address that line. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love Cleveland in, in, uh, 2020.
1: Yeah, it's a little post-hype sleeper, not only for their win total, but also the fantasy value of those involved. Uh, not really a fantasy-related move, but the they did bring in Case Keenum, three-year, $16 million deal to back up Baker. I love that signing. Uh, if Case is your backup, I feel great about that. And then they also put a second-round tender on Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt will be playing with the Browns in 2020. So they've got a nice complement of weapons, and especially if they go and grab an offensive tackle or guard uh, high in the draft, I think they're picking 10th. Then that should be, yeah, the 10th overall pick. That should be a situation where with a better coach on board than Freddie Kitchens, full complement of weapons, short up offensive line, the excuses are running out for Baker. Right. And I believe in Baker. I'm a firm Baker believer supporter. I think that when he is focused on football and is not facing the enormity of the pressure they faced and is not having to make up for incompetent coaching, like if the if the waters around him are calm and he can actually play his game and he has people to throw to, I think he can be a top 10 quarterback in the league. No questions asked. I agree. It's just a matter of does he have the team around him as we enter into the season? Once all the uh, offseason moves are done, once the draft is finished, what does that team look like? Um, I think they're trending in a really positive direction, though. I like what the... Uh, the new GM and Stefanski have done building the roster up to this point.
0: Yeah. And I think case is going to be a good influence on him. Case is a good dude. He's a good leader himself. You know, he's uh, he's had a lot of big moments. Uh, Had the huge moment in Minnesota. Um, I like case. That's a, that's a really nice signing and, you know, something that Baker needs. He needs just another veteran
1: presence in his ear. He does. Didn't work out in Denver for, uh, case Keenum after that Viking stint. But if you watch the season of hard knocks, it may have been the season of all or nothing. It's one of those two because they had the Rams on all or nothing and hard knocks in the same season. And I just remember case Keenum coming out of that, really liking him as a person. Like he was, he had his girlfriend like quizzing him on the play calls in their apartment. And I was just like, all right, this is a good dude. So I agree. He'll be a great influence on Baker good voice in his ear. Uh, speaking of tight ends, we talked about Austin Hooper. Uh, let's talk about a couple other tight end moves here. And we mentioned Jimmy Graham as well. I don't know what the hell the bears are doing there. That's a terrible signing. Probably the worst signing of the off season.
0: Yeah. Dumb. As far
1: as offensive skill position guys. I mean, Jimmy Graham died three years ago. So they're, are they paying for the right to bury him? I don't know. Bears they're kind of dumb. They're not moving in a good direction. It seems pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone and gotten Cam, and instead you settled for Nick Foles and his massive, massive contract. Yeah, well, it all starts with, you know, selecting Mitch Trubisky. Over Mahomes and the other guys. So, but a couple other tight end moves. I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to be fantasy relevant, is what we're trying to say. Uh, Hayden Hurst traded to Atlanta for a second-round pick, and we mentioned him earlier, Hunter Henry, tagged by the Chargers. The tight end tag is about $10.6 million. So Hunter Henry is now the highest paid tight end in football. Hayden Hurst lands in the void left by Austin Hooper going to the Browns. So let's start with Hayden Hurst. How do you like his outlook? Do you think he slides right into that Austin Hooper role? Pretty much. I love it. Um,
0: yeah, I think he's going to be really good there. You know, in in Baltimore, he was just... It's just a. It was just a crowded tight end room. You know, you had Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst. Uh, I think Boyle was still there. Um. So yeah, I mean, now he's the guy, and uh, he's got long hair. So I love that.
1: Grow um, your hair out. That was the advice that we gave to guys: is grow your hair out. Yes, uh, he's going to do well there, man. That that team is that offense
0: is pretty nice, you know. And I also saw where they brought in Treadwell today. Um, they did. They signed him. Which I mean that I don't think the book's written on him yet. You know, he's he's uh he actually looked a little better last year than he has in a while. So um we'll see. I mean, they uh they got a fun offense. You got Julio, uh Calvin, Hurst, Treadwell, Gurley, which we'll get to. Um so yeah, I mean, I I like it for Hayden Hurst. I think he's gonna be a top ten
1: tight end. I agree. I think we, um again, another one of these young guys I mean, you could see if Ertz is healthy, Kelsey will be in the top 12 and George Kittle. But I think the rest of the top 12 this year, you're going to see filled in with these young guys. The like Mark uh, Andrews. Yeah, I was going to say Mark Andrews in the mix for number one overall tight end. Um, you're going to see Hayden Hurst. And we mentioned John U. Smith and Irv and Sternberger. All these guys. Yeah, Blake Jarwin, I think you're going to see the most turnover of any of the skill position groups at the tight end position this year.
0: Yeah, we've really seen a lot of guys. Their value has increased with this uh, with these offseason moves. Um, And we've seen, you know, five different tight ends. Their 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 fantasy situation has completely flipped. Um, So that's that's great. That's just that's really good for us. Fantasy players.
1: Yes, it is. And um, we'll see on Hunter Henry. Um, I'm not touching him in any of my fantasy leagues. Yeah. I understand if people want to say this is the year he finally breaks out. Go for it. Tyrod Taylor's his quarterback right now. But, hey, if you want to buy into the hype, um, you know, go for it. Yeah. One other move here we want to talk about uh, before we get into the girly news, the expected move out of Cincinnati. A.J. Green tagged by the Bengals. The wide receiver tag is 17.9 million. So we've talked about it a little bit already this offseason, but that Cincinnati team is looking pretty nice. Bringing in Burrow, you keep AJ Green in-house. You're gonna be getting your first round tackle back who missed all of last season. Yep. Uh you've got Joe Mixon there and Tyler Boyd. Uh is I don't know if Eifert's still there or not. Um, I don't think he is. You know, got John Ross
0: still there. Yep. <laughs> Um, Tate. I'm a big fan of him.
1: Yep. That's right. Your boy.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've, um, they've got a nice group around burrow right now. It'll just be, you know, continuing to develop that offensive line, uh, add a few more pieces on defense, but the defense isn't far off. They've got some nice, some nice guys there at at every level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with their draft pick. Are they going to go defense? Are they going to go offense? Because they can, um, do they ha- they have another pick after Burrow? How what is do they have multiple firsts or is it just the just that? Um,
1: it's just the one. I'm looking at it right now. They do have obviously the first pick of the second round as well. Okay,
0: well so... maybe maybe you could see one of those. You know, maybe Kenneth Murray could slide. I doubt it. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what to do with that second pick. But I would probably try and address it, address the offensive line still, but.
1: You could see him trade back into the first, possibly, and uh, take an offensive lineman. I don't think. I think there's some really good offensive line prospects. I don't think it's an exceptionally deep offensive line draft, though. So if they want one of these offensive linemen, these difference-making guys, uh, they're going to have to make a move to go get them because I don't. I don't think anyone's going to be there at 33, but we'll see. You saw, I'm sure, where the draft is no longer happening in Las Vegas now that it is officially going to be happening in like a NFL studio and they're just going to be cutting to these team facilities. Is that what's going on now? I
0: haven't kept up.
1: Yeah, it was. um, They had canceled all the draft activities, so the public was not going to be invited, but they were still going to do it in Vegas. And um, they announced today that, the draft will no longer be held in Vegas. It will just be held in basically an NFL studio.
0: No, that's probably for the best right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it would be a little weird because being in Vegas, it would just be kind of a reminder of what could have been, uh, you know, pre-coronavirus. Uh, we right. could have had a really fun draft in Vegas. So just having it there would have been a shell of the real thing. So I don't blame them for doing it in the studio. I think that's probably the smart move. And um, yeah, it's going to be weird, man, because that's coming up here soon. Like about a month from now, we're going to be seeing these guys getting drafted and it's going to look totally different than anything we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I think we need to get used to things being weird for the next little bit. You know, even if NFL does come back, like we were talking before we started, you know, there there may not be any fans at these games if the season even happens.
1: Yeah, I was I've been thinking about that a lot, you know, because we're making these fantasy moves and it's like, is all of this just kind of pointless because Mm -hmm. we're not going to have an NFL season? And I think the NFL machine is too big and their revenue goals are so all consuming that they will have the season one way or another. I don't think there's any chance that the season just gets outright canceled. I think if this is still an issue, um, they could have you know games played in front of empty stadiums um, and they could have minimal staff on hand to help with the game day festivities. Uh, they could test everyone coming in and out of the stadium to make sure they're not positive for coronavirus. I mean, there are multiple things I think they could do if we're still in this window of uncertainty with the virus. But I just don't think there's any way the season gets canceled. I think you will see people start to jump off of buildings if the NFL season gets canceled.
0: Yeah, man, that's going to be devastating. If that happens, I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind.
1: Yep. Every Sunday now we have to continue to spend with our families. No, Lord, I can't do it. Don't do this to us. NFL. But you see the draft is still happening. It'll look a little different. Um, and they if the NFL's smart, they've already got a committee right now that is putting together a contingency plan for all of these games to still happen. If the if we're in a still in a world where social distancing is the norm, like they have to have they can't be saying, well, it'll be fine by then. Surely they've got this thing figured out. But it's the NFL. They tend to be a little bit slow to adapt to change sometimes. But hopefully they'll be out in front of this so we don't lose the season.
0: Yeah. Another point on the uh, on the NFL draft being canceled um, or, you know, from Vegas, they uh, weren't they going to do like a thing where they drive them in a boat or something like that?
1: Yeah, there was a great tweet. I think I might have shared it on one of the episodes. Who thought it was a good idea to put young black people on young black men on a ship and drive them across the water to their new owners <laughs> as part of the NFL draft festivities? How did we not have like some uh, some higher level thinking here, guys? That's not- just a
0: bunch of white people in suits making that call.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, they were going to have them. uh, It was going to be the Bellagio fountain. There was going to be a floating stage in the Bellagio fountain and they were going to come across on a boat. So I could just see the boat sinking and you've got a first round pick (laughs) that this team's making a million dollar investment and jumping into the fountain with a life vest on. (laughs) And it just being a meme on the internet for the next thousand years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would uh, that could have gone
1: gone bad very easily, very easily. So, um, Addy, let's talk about the big news. We were hoping to have Bobo on, but it uh, seems like we're not going to be able to get him. So we'll have to discuss this news without him and get his reaction on Twitter after we post the episode. Maybe it's for the best. I'm not sure that he could have kept it together. (laughs) You might have just been crying the entire time. Um, But yeah, Todd Gurley released by the Rams. This was a little bit surprising only because of the dead cap hit that they are going to take because of this release. Uh, The base of that team along with Jared Goff for the past two or three years now, uh, you know, billboards all over LA to open this new stadium and he doesn't even make it to the new stadium is uh, scooped up pretty quickly by the Falcons. What kind of deal did they give him? I heard it was surprisingly like a, pretty like a one-year five million dollar deal is that right i didn't even
0: check the the contract on
1: him i think it was a a pretty small deal it was not something impressive like what you would expect man this is saying he got two years 34 and a half Hmm. i must be thinking of some other running back that uh got a smaller deal than than that I want to see though what his old maybe contract that, might, that was. must be
0: that must be what uh, that must be what he's
1: getting from that must be what he got from L.A. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking at his contract with the Rams right now, just because, and we've looked at this before, but I really want to see what the dead cap hit was. Um, no, it's a one-year, six million dollar deal, according to Track.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, uh, so, that's that's really reasonable for um for Atlanta. I'm I'm fine with that deal.
1: So they have um a dead cap hit. Oh my sweet Jesus! For the 2020 season, there'll be a dead cap hit of 20.15 million dollars. Wow! It, it would have cost 17.25 million to keep him on the team which tells you that the Rams did not think that Gurley gave them a better chance to win than if he was not on the roster.
0: Yeah. It's one of those situations where it's like, you know, Gurley has been so good for, for so long that it just almost makes it a little awkward. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to bench that guy. That's, that's been so good for you. And has been like the star of your team for this up and coming guy, because you're just, you're just, I don't know. You just feel like you got to, You got to let Gurley get to work uh, just because he's 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 been kind of the star of your of your team for so long.
1: If he's on the team, the Rams felt like they probably had to play him. And so this tells me we've just got to get this guy off our roster because we don't think he's any good. And so that and to me, the fact that he only got one year, six million from the Falcons Tells me they feel the same way. They have the same kind of question marks that the Rams do, which is fair. I mean, he has a degenerative knee condition. Yeah. And he was a touchdown monster last season, uh, but not the same guy that we saw in the run up to that Super Bowl when he was the best running back in football. I mean, he was the 101 not too long ago, and yeah. now he's cut by his own team who is going to pay three million dollars more not to have them on their team.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy how quickly these running backs can turn. Um still only twenty-six, or he's twenty-five now, but it'll be twenty-six once the season starts. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think I don't think we're ever gonna see that that girly that we saw, you know, before last year again. Um do we think that Atlanta even potentially brings someone else in in the draft?
1: I think they absolutely could because you look at the backups, Edo Smith and Brian Hill, a couple of Jags. Yeah. I'd say you want some insurance because what if Todd Gurley's knee gives out halfway through the second game of the season? And now this high powered offense has to plug in Edo Smith or Brian Hill. Yeah. You're in trouble. So I think they, they could be a cool landing spot for like a DeAndre Swift type, you know, I love that. you know, maybe one of these second round running backs, um, I think they have to know, and it's only a one-year deal, so that you don't want to be right back in the same situation next off-season, having to go hunt for running backs. That really is the play, right? Like just draft a running back, don't mm-hmm. re-sign them, get four or five years out of them, and then go draft somebody else. Yep. Just keep plugging these guys in. Don't give these guys big contracts. We've seen so much evidence now between Freeman getting cut. Horrible contract, Gurley getting cut. Horrible contract, <laughs> David Johnson being traded, and somehow DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Awful trade, but also terrible contract yeah. for DJ.
0: And, and something we need to keep in mind with uh, with Zeke. You know how much longer till that? Till we're saying the same thing about Zeke? Uh, yeah. And they have a very talented back
1: behind Zeke. I like yep. uh, Tony Pollard a whole lot. That's right. So. I think Zeke will get the opportunity as long as he is still able to perform. The question is when sometimes when running backs hit that wall, it comes a lot faster than we expect. Um, We see it with quarterbacks too. When you drop off, I mean really any skill position guy, you think about wide receivers as well. It's like Andre Johnson was good. And mm -hmm. then the next year it was just done. It was over. Yeah. And I do wonder if with guys like Freeman and David Johnson and Todd Gurley, these fantasy running back stars of old, are they just done? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, Dallas,
0: like the Rams are now and, and have been experiencing, uh, it's going to be tough to uh, fit all these guys under the cap, you know, with Dak probably getting a long-term deal where he's probably going to be making $30 million plus for the next, you know, four or five years, uh, Cooper's making 20 million per, uh, that's tough. You know, once you start getting those big contracts in there, it's, uh, you have to make some tough decisions. And if I'm going to cut somebody, it's going to be a running back. That's right.
1: Yeah. He could be a a cap casualty with about three years left on that contract. Yeah. Uh, but still going to be fine for, you know, probably two years. Yeah, I think you have two two more years. If he is still performing at a high level or really even just uh, playing above average, that team is not going to move on from him uh, because of this contract situation. But there will come a point here sooner rather than later where that uh, contract looks like an albatross. I wanted to look up to see the Cowboys have as of right now, according to over the cap, they have about $24 million in cap space. Hmm. So um, obviously with the franchise tag number for quarterbacks, it's some good money. Uh, It's about $30.1 million. And so uh, he is actually, wow, that's kind of amazing that uh, I don't know if this has been updated with the newest numbers for Amari Cooper, but his cap number is only $12 million, according to Over the Cap. Now, again, I don't know if this has been updated yet, but they have Dak's new contract in there. So I'm guessing it is. But you look at, you know, they're still paying DeMarcus Lawrence 21.9 million. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. Zeke's making 10.9. So not crazy. But um, you know, they they paid a lot of dudes, man. Jalen Smith got a new contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the Cowboys brought in Gerald McCoy. That's a nice I like that. It's a nice little signing. Good locker room guy. So hey, let's hit some. Uh, that's really all the offensive pieces that we wanted to touch on. Well, did we talk about David Johnson in Houston now? Do we feel like that uh, we were joking before we got on Mike? I think Bill O'Brien is going to run David Johnson into the ground just to po- prove a point. But uh, do we think that DJ has anything left in the tank at all?
0: Um, I think he'll probably be okay for fantasy. Um, but yeah, that that's going to be one of those deals where, uh, Bob is just going to try and, you know, show, show people that they're wrong. And he's going to try and just let, uh, David Johnson put up some gaudy, gaudy numbers. Um, he may have like
1: 365 attempts for like, yes. uh, about 2.8 yards to carry. Yeah. So it may be ugly, but David Johnson is going to get the work. You can, you can bet your bottom dollar. I don't think they take anyone in the first three rounds of the draft at running back. Um, and I think DJ is going to be the number one guy. Maybe Duke Johnson sprinkled in for some third down passing work, but, um, no, this is going to be DJ's backfield, whether or not he still has it. That's what we need to find out.
0: And I do worry that, uh, You know, he's always been really good for PPR. I do worry that he's not going to be as good there in Houston. Deshaun Watson doesn't seem to be the type of quarterback that likes to check down a lot. He would prefer to run instead of check down. Um, So I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that he's going to be as good as he was as far as catching the ball there. But I think he's going to get a lot more rushing attempts and, uh, you know, touchdown opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. So, Addie, were there some IDP moves that you wanted to hit here uh, as we wrap this thing up? This was going to be the offensive-focused episode, but we're an IDP podcast, so let's talk about some IDP guys yeah. before we sign off.
0: Just a few other ones that uh, we wanted to touch on. One of my personal favorites, one of my original babies, Jatavis Brown, he has
1: signed with the Eagles. Nice landing spot. I saw you do the Grinch smiling gif on <laughs> Twitter. So clearly you like this move for yeah. old Jatavis finally freed from the quagmire of the Los Angeles chargers linebacking core.
0: Yeah, man, I love it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's not going to have a lot of competition there. They don't really have much else there. So Jatavis is going to get some playing time. Um, and that, that linebacking unit is not good. That's uh that's someone that we, you know, we could probably see them maybe address that in the draft. Um, But yeah, I mean, Brown's going to be good. I think, I think he's uh,
1: I think he might be a top 24 linebacker. Absolutely. Still only 26 years old. um, And you look at who else is there for the Eagles right now. I mean, they have who uh, Nigel Bradham. Is he still there?
0: I'm not sure if he's still there. I'm not sure his contract situation. Um, they lost uh, Camu Grugier Hill. Um, I think they still have uh, LJ Fort. Is he there?
1: Man, I'm looking right now. Nathan Gary. Um, this, is, this is, oh my gosh, Adam. This is grim. Jatavis. No, Fort's
0: in, uh, I'm, Fort was in Baltimore.
1: Baltimore. Baltimore. I, Gary is still there. Um, who else you say? Uh, I'm looking right now at their actual roster. TJ Edwards, Nathan Gary, Duke Riley, Alex Singleton, and that's it. Yeah, so that's bad. So he is immediately the number one linebacking option for the Eagles. Yeah, and you know, when you think about Philly,
0: the strength of that team is their defensive line. And so um, there's going to there's gonna be a need for someone to clean up the tackles. And uh, I think it's going to be Jatavis.
1: I love it. I'm Jay glad one of, one of your original babies is finally getting an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I've been waiting on this for like three years. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think our patience is going to pay off.
1: Yeah, it didn't work out with Jarek McKinnon, your other baby that you held yeah. for years and years. We'll see. Uh, they, they're bringing him
0: back. Still hope, Josh.
1: <laughs> he can be the fifth running back in the room. That, yeah, that's valuable. They're doing there, man. They put, a, they put a second round tender on Brita, too. That's nuts. The, they, I guess they just want like give us six running backs. We'll take them all. We'll yeah. use them all. They'll be hurt at different times. Who knows. What, what we'll do for fantasy, but hey, we'll we'll win a lot of ball games. Um another move here, sort of surprising. The Carolina Panthers cut Eric Reed who still had some money left on the deal that he had um and you have to wonder if this was one of those moves was this more the Panthers are truly gonna start tanking? Was there something going on behind the scenes that we weren't privy to with Reed? You gonna start I, kneeling again? I know that was uh, that was my thought. Is is Depper uh, David Tepper a low key proud boy? Yes, who, sir. Uh, but Tepper brought in Eric Reed. That's yeah. that's because Eric Reed signed at the beginning of last season, right? Yeah, and he gave him a pretty nice deal. It was like three years, thirty million. I thought, yeah. So this was because Reed had a great season too. It was yeah, like as tackles.
0: Go, he he was really good. Terrible in coverage. So I mean, maybe that maybe that had something to do with it. And you know, like we've mentioned before, Carolina is at a point where I think they're just trying to just, just tank.
1: But Yeah, it's like who are your options on your roster at safety besides Eric Reed? Yeah. I mean, I'm pulling up their roster right now. And um, I mean, this is, uh, there's nobody. I mean, you got some nice, well, you had nice cornerbacks. James Bradbury is off to, I believe the giants still have Dante Jackson there. Uh, But, you know, as far as safety goes, Trey Boston's still there, I guess. That's it, man. So it's like, I get it. If he wasn't great in coverage but he was on a contract that the owner who's there now gave him same GM, new coach. And I think that's probably part of it is you're going to see, uh, Matt rule who's big on culture building a program. I think you're going to start to see him want to get his own guys in the building. And this may have been one of those things where it's like, we don't think Eric Reed is a culture fit for the team that Matt rule is trying to build.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think once Keekly retired, that was kind of just like, Oh man, we're gonna have
1: to reset. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we got Shaq Thompson and oh, that's really yeah. about it. I like Brian Burns a lot.
0: I think mm-hmm. he, I think he's pretty good, but yeah, I mean, they're just, um, They got to have, they got to get the quarterback situation figured out, you know, there, it's not, it's cam's not going to be the answer there. I think they've had enough of that, that weirdness. Um, So yeah, I mean, why not reset? I just worry that they're going to be okay, you know, and, and they're going to, I don't think they're going to get the top pick, but I
1: mean, yeah, it's like, if you're trying to do the tank, just roll with the, the, the kid who was there Last season, who was that? Uh, Kyle Allen? Was that? No. Yeah. Was that the one in Denver? It was one uh, of the Allen. I think it was Kyle Allen. Then they had Will Greer as well. Yes. Yes. Just roll with those guys. Don't bring in Teddy. Teddy's just good enough to get you like five to six wins. Yes. Yeah, someone we didn't even talk about, Teddy. That that was a um, – what do you think about that? I'm so happy for Teddy as a person. Yeah. I think he's a tremendous person, a very inspiring athlete, what he came back from almost losing his leg. So good for him to go and get this kind of like life-changing contract from the Panthers. But at the same time, I kept thinking culture. I hate to keep going back to that with Matt rule, but we know, That Teddy is a high character guy, very intelligent, can run your offense and throw those check down passes better than anyone 25 times a game. So this is great for Christian McCaffrey. I think this is I don't know that you could go more wheels up arrow up for McCaffrey after the season he just had. But I definitely don't think it's a downgrade from where they were last season in terms of quarterback. So um, good for Teddy but not great if you're trying to secure the number one overall pick next year and take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I agree. They're going to be, they're going to be okay. Teddy will, Teddy will win them some games. I mean, Teddy's going to always be the type of guy that's going to hang in games.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Any other IDP moves we want to hit on Addy? Let's see. Um, Shaq Lawson. Did we talk about him going to the dolphins? No, this is one of your favorites.
0: Yeah. I like Shaq Lawson a lot. Still, uh, just 25 will be 26 when the season starts. Um, had his best year of his career so far. Um I like it a lot. I think I think he I mean they they have so many so many needs there in, in Miami. Um that this is a great start uh getting a young up and coming uh defensive end like that.
1: Yeah. The uh Dolphins been spending that money. Man no doubt about it. Have. It seems like uh this is one of those situations where they're just gonna sign a bunch of guys see who is part of the long-term future with the team and then cut everybody else. Just they're going to churn that roster, baby. I haven't looked at the details of like the Van Noy deal or any of these other deals, uh, like the Eric flowers deal. I haven't looked at some of these contracts to see if they have like an out after a year or two, but my guess is they probably do. These are some team friendly deals that are going to allow them to like, just, Kind of like if you're flipping houses, like get them in, get them out. Let's see what we got, and let's move on to the next thing to see if this is a long-term hold or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't get too caught up in some of these numbers because, again, I mean, the guaranteed money is what matters. Most of these guys will probably get cut and not see past, you know, two years of these contracts.
1: Yeah, it's um especially with a team like the Dolphins that until they get that quarterback in place, you're just – All the pieces, I remember when we went through this with Luck, you look at the pieces from those early Andrew Luck teams, there's just not a lot of guys left three or four or five years into Luck's career that were there in the beginning, because until you get that quarterback situation solidified, you don't necessarily want to contribute a lot of resources uh, to these players that may not be part of your future. Yeah. So it looks like Shaq Lawson's dead cap drops down to 1.3 million after the first two years. They do have a potential out uh, in 2022. So after two years of this contract, uh, he's there for the next two years though, dead cap of 21 million this year and 10.6 million the year after. So yeah,
0: He'd be part of of IDP. I mean, he's going to be on the field a lot. He's going to get a lot of snaps. I mean, um, we saw Taco Charlton last year actually was okay, and he's terrible. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really nice signing for IDP. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Shaq Lawson get, you know, eight to ten sacks in 2020.
1: Great landing spot. I heard this brought up on the Around the NFL podcast. You want to guess who the – uh, leader in pressures was for the Miami Dolphins last season.
0: Um, no, nah, I'm not going to guess.
1: Vince Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got that. No, the dog man himself, Vince Beagle, was the uh, leader in pressures. Wow. So the Miami Dolphins. Thank God for Fitzpatrick because he made that team somewhat watchable last season because they were horrific on the defensive side of the ball, like a true, true travesty. Uh, So it's good to see him start bringing in some actual NFL caliber players and not XFL cast offs. So great landing spot for Shaq Lawson. I love it. Any other ones here, Addy that we, uh, we touched on the Kyle Van Noy deal, Byron Jones, um, Eagles signed uh, Javon Hargrave. That was with, a low-key great signing for them.
0: Yeah, to pair him with Fletcher Cox, man, that's that's a really nice uh, duo. Um, and then you got you know Brandon Graham there, uh, Derek Barnett. I said they again. That line has always been their focus in Philly, um, and it's continuing to just be one of the stronger units in the
1: league. Absolutely, that and the. Um... The DJ reader signing, by the Bengals, I love that one as well. Get your reader, get your reader, baby. I love seeing the Bengals get out there and make some moves, uh, signing him to a four year, $53 million contract. So they gave him some guap to come on down to Cincinnati. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, he's good. I like DJ reader. And that uh, again, that
0: Cincinnati defense is pretty solid.
1: It's not one of those that's flashy for IDP necessarily. These kind of uh, run stuffing nose tackles really are, but great for your actual NFL team.
0: Yeah, so, I mean that, that's that's about as solid as a line as you can get. You know, you got Dunlap, Lawson, um, Gino Atkins, Raider, um, Hubbard.
1: Yeah, that's dirty. <laughs> that's really good. Two top twelve defensive ends from last season, paired with a nice interior lineman presence. Yeah, it's a good way to build your team. Builds from the build from the lines out. Yeah. So, all right, Addy. So we're gonna put a bow on it, unless there's anybody else.
0: I can't. Nothing I can think of. I know we're forgetting people, but uh, oh,
1: there's been so much though. My God, I think there's been like a hundred transactions I've seen come through on Twitter. Yeah, uh, in the past like uh, week. So glad we got to hop on here and do this, so baby. It's good to yeah. see you. I, I haven't seen. Everybody. I know. Haven't seen you in uh, at least a couple weeks. Uh, Since you weren't able to be on the mic episode and then the solo pod on Tuesday. And I think, uh, unfortunately this, uh, you know, using Streamyard and doing this remotely may be the status quo here for a little bit. I know. I know. At least until, at least until you you get, at least until you get tested for the Rona. That's right. That's right. I need to get that test. You do. It's, uh, it's a quick thing up the butt. You know, that's only like a few minutes. It has to stay up there, Addy. So Addy, it's, it's right. If it need to keep it up there, be sure. They, uh, you know, if they want to use me as a test for other things, I'm more than happy. Sure, Have your way with me. That's right. That old Rona <laughs> test. They're like, uh, sir, this is not how we administer the coronavirus test. And you're like, it what? Is, it is now. It is now. This is Stick the new procedure. I'm a, I'm a paying customer. That's right. You will test me in the way I prefer. <laughs> uh, so I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thank you all for continuing to tune in. We're happy to keep bringing you all these episodes uh, while we're all uh, at home, uh, spending time hunkered down. Uh, we'll try to bring you guys another episode later this week. Uh, hopefully Bobby will be able to join us then. And uh, be sure to leave us. We are so close to, I think, getting 25-star uh, reviews on iTunes. I think, I think we're there. Are we? Okay. I, th- I thought last time we were 18, but we haven't had a five-star rating and review in a while. So I want to challenge the listeners, if you haven't actually giving us, given us the five-star rating and the review, which is the typed-out review, Please do that. That helps us a lot with uh, discoverability in terms of um, fantasy football podcasts. So go give us a five star review. Give us a rating. Get your reader and uh, stay safe. Baja Blast Addy back in bottles at the gas station. I got a six pack. Did you? Yeah. How's, How's it treating you? You know, it's it's
0: good, obviously, but they're not as good as when you get them at Taco Bell. You know, all drinks
1: are better as fountain drinks. It's a proven fact that you have that ice to take the edge off of it. You know, that's right. You got to take the edge off. That's what the ice is there for, as I famously said many, many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, it's it is nice to have some Baja. always nice always nice all right folks thanks for listening we'll come back at you guys later this week we'll hit some more moves i'm sure there'll be some more news coming out by then but until then y'all take care we'll see y'all soon
0: everyone stay safe hunker down
1: thanks adam that was so great great way to end real relatable Thanks for
0: listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP.